What's going on, everybody? Welcome into the official Maze and Brew Hoops podcast, a post-Christmas podcast. I am Chris Castellani, joined by my boss and friend, Anthony Broom. And we are here today to talk, as always, about Michigan hoops. Michigan basketball, 7-0 on the season. Let the record show that Michigan is the only undefeated team in the Big Ten right now. There may there may be a reason for that. Some of it may be luck. We'll talk about that in a minute, but we'll just jump right into it here. Uh, first show following the uh, bit of a Christmas hiatus that we were all on. Michigan played one game this week. It was their first game in almost two weeks. They played the Nebraska Cornhuskers on the road on Christmas Day, and they won by the score of 82-69. A bit of a dogfight in the first half. Michigan trailing for much of the first half, uh, went into the locker room up to at halftime, but ultimately pulled away. We'll talk about, you know, some of the bigger takeaways, but you look at the numbers, Michigan, five guys um, in double figures, including Shawnee Brown with 13 off the bench and Franz Wagner, the high score for the game for Michigan, at least with uh, 20 points. You know, Anthony, the way I look at it right now is these first seven games, obviously the NC state game w- probably wouldn't have counted for this, but that game got canceled are kind of the equivalent of the first five questions on who wants to be a millionaire where it's like you went through uh, the preliminaries, you did everything you needed to do. It would have been really embarrassing if you would have screwed this thing up. But ultimately, uh, despite maybe a few uh, scratches along the way, you come out of this pretty unscathed. Is that an apt comparison, you would say? I mean, good God, you nailed it. I can't think of a better way to describe it. I've never thought of who wants to be a millionaire in that sense before, but yeah, that's accurate. And you started the show by kind of planning your flag saying, you know, Oh, Michigan is the lone undefeated team in, in the, in the big 10, uh, which is true. And I'm going to plant my flag here and make a comment in that they're not to get too sidetracked early, but um, I am pretty confident. I am the most com- This is the most confident statement you'll ever hear me make on this podcast. Wow. You will never you there is not another Michigan basketball podcast where one host is in Florida and the other is driving down Mount Road <laughs> through Sterling Heights with a, a big ass toolbox in his truck that I'm like trying to make sure doesn't fall out and crush somebody's windshield. You're not going to get that anywhere else. That, so, this is true. Um, that's where I'm planning my flag today. But, you know, with, with the game. Um, yeah, there was just the one game and, you know, something. And they downplayed this in press conference after the game. But something I asked uh, Franz Wagner after the game is that, you know, there's a there's a mental uh, fatigue that comes with playing a lot of games in a short amount of time. But, you know, it's also possible that there's a mental fatigue that comes with, you know, sitting around and waiting. Uh, And, you know, there was those 12 days off. And that was, again, even before that NC State game was canceled, um, you know, that was that this was the scheduled break that they were going to have, um, which is kind of crazy to me. doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And I think, you know, I, I, I don't know if I could make the argument that Michigan was firing on all cylinders before their little their little layoff. But, um, you know, you go into a stretch like that where you don't play for so long and I don't see how it doesn't throw off your rhythm a bit. And I think you saw a lot of that early in that game on uh on Friday, you know, the, they were getting good looks, but they just weren't falling um, some lapses defensively. And, you know, again, we could do a whole show on the piecemeal um, 
scheduling and, and kind of the ridiculous things that we've seen this year. Um, you know, the fact that Michigan played an opponent who was playing its third game in 12 days, where, whereas Michigan was playing its first game in 12 days, I think uh, Michigan's probably lucky that it was Nebraska that they saw. Um, you don't yep. apologize for that. You take the win. But, um, you know, I, I don't I don't see that as very fair, um, nor do I see that, you know, understand the logic of playing on Christmas. And, and I get it. Oh, you know, we want to – it's a rough year. We're trying to recoup our losses, uh, might make a little money. But who was watching Michigan-Nebraska at 6 p.m. on Big Ten Network when there was a full slate of NBA games? Alvin Kamara, you know, running for six or seven touchdowns in an NFL game. Like, where was the <laughs> – there was no desire for that. Um, we were probably the only people watching that. So um, that's kind of my overarching thoughts about the game. We can get into the, you know, the minutia, the, the finer details of it um, as we move forward. But again, um, the way you put it, uh, you know, the who wants to be a millionaire, you've gotten, you know, you answered the questions like what color is, is grass and is the sky blue and right. Coca-Cola is uh, what, you know, a soda. You've done all that stuff now. Um the next challenge is a much stiffer test. Mm-hmm. Um, they won't. I mean, Michigan has played in these six games or what, seven games now, the seven worst basketball teams that they will see all year. So now it's time. Very to, true. It's time to cook. See what happens next. That's, that's the thing. Look, they're the only team in the undefeated team in the Big Ten. And hey, hang your hat on that. They, they've avoided disaster narrowly at points with Oakland and Penn State. But they have, you know, averted disaster on multiple occasions. I do also think it's fair that they're 2-0 and in conference and they've played at least one of the two worst teams, maybe the two worst. I don't know if Penn State is that bad, but Nebraska, um, who I think will ultimately get there. Like, I think Hoiberg will probably end up doing, you know, an admirable job there. And by admirable, I mean, you know, make the tournament once every three years. But um, now that. It was classic Big Ten road syndrome where Michigan, well, admittedly, like you said, had some lapses defensively. Nebraska throwing in some prayers. I mean, Teddy Allen going for 21 in the first half. And, you know, some of those were contested, some were not. But as you said, you know, getting into kind of the minutia of the game, one of the players that we'd been fairly critical of, but not overly critical of, I think was Franz Wagner, who had struggled in the first six games. His best game of the season and one of the best games he's played since he's been at Michigan, far more aggressive, took 16 shots. And and that's big because we're talking about a guy who uh, in previous games had only taken like a handful. I mean, was was really showing a lack of confidence um, off the dribble. Uh, I, I was, you know, played well defensively, was getting rebounds, but nine for 16 from the floor, added nine more rebounds. He was the best player on the floor for Michigan. And, uh, you know, Hunter Dickinson, who was double teamed all game, um, it still went for 13 and 15 uh, in only his second Big Ten game. I mean, in terms of performances, I, I don't really have much else to add. I thought it was it was an efficient effort for the most part. I think second half adjustments were solid. Juwan, I, I'm sure Juwan told Hunter, and it was this was brought up on the broadcast. You know, they're going to double team you, dude. You got to make your move quick. And we saw that. And while Dickinson did struggle with that at points, uh, had a team high five of the team's 15 turnovers. I thought they cleaned it up a little bit in the second half. And I thought defensively they were much better in the second half. Teddy Allen, I believe only with four points for Nebraska in the final 20 minutes. So, you know, all in all, not much to complain about. I guess the only, the, the one, and it's a minor thing. The one issue I have is, 
Yeah. There was a moment where it seemed like they were really going to pull away. They were up by 13. And before we knew it, Nebraska had cut it to four or five. And I think Michigan's kind of had that problem in several games this year where they put their foot on the gas and um, let up a little bit. And you can do that. No disrespect to these teams, but you can probably afford to do that against Nebraska. Every other team they're going to play from this point forward, uh, they're going to have to play 40 good minutes of basketball. Yeah, and I think that part of that, you know, in terms of games being a little tighter at the end uh, after – racing out to these these double-digit leads. Um, this could be a hot take. This could be uninformed. I don't know. But I think a lot of that, too, might be kind of a byproduct of the style of basketball that they play um, in terms of, like, it being a more NBA pro-style system that they run. Because mm. you watch the NBA, and there are a lot of, you know, more than half the teams in the NBA are bad. And it seems like, you know, down the stretch, those games get tight just because that's – true that's how the game is called. That's, you know, some of that may have to do with officiating. Um, you know, and I don't know, hot take, just totally random off the cuff. But um, I think that something that, you know, what have I been saying on this podcast since we started it is that I don't think this is going to be a team where, you know, think of, you know, Sean Connery as James Bond throwing his hat onto the hat rack. Like that's not, they're not going to hang their hat on, on, on their defense. Right. Um, yeah, I know. You're right. Uh, so, so there were some moments where, um, you know, things were a little you know, left. To, there was some things to be desired, uh, a little bit left on the floor. But um, Teddy Allen being chief among them. It also speaks to the fact that, um, and I don't have Ken Palm up in front of me right now, but I think eyeball test wise compared to analytics, they've been They've been a little – to me, they've looked a little bit worse defensively than they're rated. Uh, I think they're, they were – last I checked, they were 30th in the country or something like that. But I, I think – I've said from the start, I think that they do have, you know, top 20, top 25 potential in terms of defensive efficiency and things like that. And the other thing that kind of – it continues to boggle my mind, and this isn't even really a Michigan thing. It's more, you know, hats off to the execution of the opponent – Teams make really tough, well-guarded shots against them. Yes. Um, I, it baffles me. And it happens it happens at home. It happens on the road. And maybe that just speaks to the talent of, you know, the, the talent pool in the conference. But, you know, overall, I, it, I just it, – it's hard for me to get worked up about really too much of any – because first of all, like I said, I kind of insinuated at the fact, and maybe this is bad to admit – you know, in a working capacity on a basketball podcast, but I don't think any of us really truly had our hearts. It was kind of a half-hearted watch, at least for me, <laughs> because of what the two days had been before that. Um, I happened to host on Christmas Day, so it was just kind of like the end of the day thing uh, when you're pooped and, and tired and things like that. Um, so you're really not going to find anything out of that performance that I think was surprising. Uh, We've been waiting for this Franz Wagner to show up, which was right. good to see. We know that on any given night, that's there. It's just a matter of finding that consistency. I mean, I tweeted this out. When he plays like that, there, this is this is one of the best, you know, the best ten teams in college basketball. I have no issue saying that. Um, you know, it's been a show full of hot takes, but um, <laughs> when he's playing at that level, and you're getting what you're getting on Hunter Dickinson, who. Um, Again, it's not even surprising to me anymore that he's a double-double machine. Um, 
it's this is a good team, and I think probably a better team than than people are giving them credit for. I don't know if people are really in college basketball mode yet, but I think when the fan base kind of, you know, the calendar, it's how it always is. When the calendar turns to 2021, I think people are going to really be impressed by what they see, and they still can get better too. I'm, I'm excited to see, you know, like I said, it's kind of like the dimmer switch now. Um, slowly but surely, the level of competition's bumping up now. And going to Maryland on, you know, thank God. And again, this is one of those things where, um, and I know I'm kind of rambling here at this point, but if there's any positives to be taken from a year without fans, it's that you can, Maryland's a nightmare to play at. One of the best, craziest atmospheres uh, in the Big Ten Conference. You're kind of getting a break this year in that there's not going to be fans there. It's it's not quite going to be that environment. Um, and again, it's still, you know, you're still away from home and there are things you do. But like I said, winning away from home is, is it's difficult no matter. I mean, look no further than Nebraska. They, they've really not been a, an elite program um, when things were going well, but even they have one of the tougher places to play in the Big Ten. So, you know, I just – I think it really creates a scenario where the talent just kind of rises to the top a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't think there are many teams in this conference that are as deep and as talented as Michigan is. Hey, guys. Anthony from Mays and Brew here to introduce you to our friends and sponsors of the podcast, HomeFieldApparel.com. Homefield is a premium collegiate apparel brand located right in the heart of Big Ten country in Indianapolis and makers of some of the most comfortable items of clothing you will ever own. Homefield launched its Michigan collection in early November with several awesome vintage designs that capture a lot of the things we love about the Wolverines. Everything they do and design for all schools comes from a place of love that honors the history of some of our favorite institutions across the country. So if you're looking for a gift for that Tulane grad of yours, or simply want to add some North Dakota State gear to your collection, in addition to the Michigan stuff you buy, they are the place to do it. Our listeners, our readers, the Mason Brew family can get 20% off your first purchase using the promo code MNB at homefieldapparel.com. That's promo code MNB at homefieldapparel.com for 20% off your first purchase. I promise you, their gear will become an instant favorite in your collection. Uh, I would, yeah, I agree with that, I, especially in terms of depth. Um, you know, I, I've, I texted you guys this after the game where I, or I don't know, maybe it wasn't you guys, but I think this is a good team and good. As I've said many times, it's kind of a vague term. Good can, you know, it has a, has a wide spectrum, but, um, I think there is a great one in here somewhere. When you look at the caliber of athlete, when you look at the depth, when you look at, uh, experience, I mean, in terms of some of the guys that they brought back, um, coupled with, you know, some of the, the, in, the newcomers they have. Um, I think this does have the potential to be a great team. Uh, we just got to see him put it all together. There are two more quick points I wanted to bring up because uh, I think this guy got overlooked. Mike Smith, the best game I think he's played since he came to Michigan. Um, I agree. You know, four turnovers, sure, but played 33 minutes and had the ball pretty much every possession. I mean, when you're the point guard, does still have a tendency to seem like he's going to be out of control. But, dude, as you know, 10 points, five boards, and six assists – from your starting point guard. I mean, you're going to take that, especially with the, the kind of scores that Michigan has uh, in the starting five with Livers, Dickinson, and Wagner all going for 13 or more. But there is one more thing I wanted to bring up, and uh, I guess it's a little bit of neg- negativity, but 
Austin Davis, obviously still out, uh, no real timetable. You know, they just said a, a few weeks and that was two weeks ago. Um, so with that, you know, Michigan's had to adjust, meaning that they've kind of had to go smaller lineup and give Brandon Johns and or Terrence Williams some minutes uh, at the four at the five. And, you know, I think there's something there's a little bit of mind games here by Juwan. I think they're trying to light a fire under Brandon Johns. And, and I get that. This is a guy who's in year three, one of the more experienced guys on the team, you know, is essentially getting e- equal minutes at this point to a freshman. Um, when I brought up that run Nebraska made when Michigan was up by 13, um, you know, you don't want to put it all in one guy, but I, I, Terrence Williams came in, you know, he was over three in this game, had a turnover, a foul, you know, I mean, it was okay. Defensively had two steals and a rebound, but, um, all, you know, missed another, uh, an easy shot as well. I, I think there's still a lot of question marks regarding how Juwan's handling that rotation, because I, I, it appears to me, and, and I don't mean this with any disrespect, I think this guy's going to do wonderful things here. I really do. You know, most freshmen struggle early on. Uh, but it seems like Terrence Williams, especially in Big Ten play with kind of what he did down the stretch against Penn State and what he did against Nebraska, um, still has a lot of growing to do. And there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, but he got more minutes than Brandon Johns did against Nebraska, which clearly means and I we aren't in practice. We we don't kind of see the ins and outs. We've talked about Brandon Johns potentially having kind of a confidence issue that's been well documented, but it that feels like it should be Brandon Johns' role. It feels like it should be something where like it was last year, honestly, when when uh you know they, there was an injury with Delivers and you had to give Brandon Johns minutes off the bench and you know what at points against Iowa, against Rutgers, played pretty darn well. I'm not going to say he's regressed because I don't think we've seen enough of him, but I'm, I'm a bit surprised by um, his inability or maybe Juwan's lack of trust at points in him to kind of take the reins at being that kind of smaller five role when Austin Davis is out. Have you, have you noticed that? Or do you think I'm kind of reading too much into this? Uh, I think you're onto something. Uh, you know, let's, let's call this what it is. And this is no disrespect to uh Brandon Johns, the player, the person, et cetera. The fact of the matter is he is a former four-star recruit, right? a former Michigan Mr. Basketball. And in your junior year, you should be further along than this. You should be more consistent than this. Um, and like I said, we've seen stretches of what he can do, but it seems like he really does need those extended minutes to kind of get to – maybe a mental rhythm, a mental flow. Um, you know, he, he, I never question his energy. I think he always brings pretty, pretty good energy to the table. Um, but like I said, I mean, Terrence Williams has struggled in some, some pretty, you know, some pretty, you know, the, the lights have been a little brighter on him than mm-hmm. I think a lot of us expected it to be. Um, and he's good enough to play right away, but I don't think the plan with Terrence Williams was ha- to have him be as important as he is this early. And part of that is because of the Austin Davis injury. That has a lot to do with it right now. Um, but the second part of it is is that the guy that really should be there in front of him in the pecking order has has just kind of not really done much. Um, that's kind of the, the nicest, most blunt way I can put it, uh, to be frank with you. But... Like I said, I, I think it, at some point you just kind of have to – and he will get hot at some point because that's the type of player he is. Um, and I don't I don't put a ton into the minutes and the rotations in a vacuum because 
know, basketball, there are so many variables that go into, you know, coaching a basketball game and who's your lineup there. How do you make a decision here? But I've been pretty, let's just say underwhelmed. I, I just, I thought that the way that Johns is playing at the end of last season was going to maybe put him, you know, in line with obviously a different position, different player, but maybe he'd be that sixth guy off the bench instead of Shawnee Brown. And, you know, to this point, it's just kind of been, you know, they need him, they need him to play better. It's, it's, it's kind of, that is what it is. Mm -hmm. And and there's also the, the last point I'll make here is uh, I think it's also the, the detriment that comes with not having a lot of preseason games because, because if, you know, let's, let's call it for what it is. If Michigan was, you know, playing, had five more games against, I mean, I, maybe this is a bad example because they almost lost, but against Oakland type teams, you know, teams that are, you know, mid-major struggling, you know, middle of the road teams, uh, you could work on the rotations. You could give Terrence Williams more minutes and see if you could grow his confidence. You could give Brandon Johns more minutes at the five as it is. Now, Austin Davis, there's no convenient time to get injured, but for him to get injured right before conference play when you haven't really tried these guys out at different positions, it puts them a little bit behind the eight ball. But with that said, hey, Hey, they're kind of rolling and they're going to have a solid test coming up on New Year's Eve against the Terrapins. And uh, we are looking forward to it. So that will do it uh, for uh, this week's Hoops podcast. Anthony, where can we find you on social media, dude? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Anthony T. Broom. Follow the website at Maze and Brew. You guys know this by now. Uh, or wherever you get your shows, Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, Um if you want shows sent to you via carrier pigeon, tell me. I'll try to make it work somehow. Um, so, yeah. No, leave, leave us good reviews. <laughs> I've, I've seemed yeah. to have struck a chord with a few people recently. Um, if you like the show, it, it does help us out um, in terms of search and in terms of visibility. If you do just kind of go in there and leave a quick five-star review. Or if it's a four-star review, fine. But um, don't leave me a one-star review. Because simply because I'm ugly and not listen to the show. So, right. Yeah. If you if you have at, yeah if you have constructive criticism, wonderful. But you know, we, you know, I, I won't go into it. But it, I don't think you should be allowed to leave a negative review simply because someone has an opinion that you don't agree with. But whatever, you can follow. Uh, and I'm I'm sticking up for the show here. Both but both of the shows <laughs> that we do. We do, uh, you we do great work and we do we have great listeners. So I'm not no exactly and, and yeah again you know a large majority of the feedback we get is wonderful. But yeah, I, I saw you, you posted something on Twitter. It was just made, made me want to pull my hair out. Um, <laughs> you can follow me on Twitter at Castellani2014. That's at C A S T E L L A N I two O one four. But really, most of the updates that I'm giving right now you can just find amazing brew i mean if you want to know my opinions you can follow the brewcast you can follow this show but i do have another podcast as well locked on tigers that's at locked on tigers on twitter you can leave positive uh, feedback there on uh, itunes as well leave a five-star review and that can be found wherever you can listen to your podcast so thank you very much for tuning in everybody uh, i believe this is our last show of the year so happy new year we will see you in 2021